Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, everybody. This is Jen at Southeast Regional Library, and I am joined by Caroline and Alex. And today we're just going to be talking about some books that we've either read recently or that have had a big impact on us, like, you know, like growing up with reading or just in the past, because this episode is going to be airing on National Book Lovers Day. So to start out, I guess I will start. Um, I recently was listening to like a little webinar uh, thing for the Stonewall Book Awards because those just happened this last summer. And I wanted to pick one of the books that was one of the um, honor books for the children's and young adult literature. So I, I chose this graphic novel and it is called Beetle and the Hollow Bones. Looks so cute. It's very cute. Beautiful cover. <laughs> it's in uh, the juvenile section under graphic novels. And yes, it is very beautiful. The colors, and I know that, I don't know if you're, if you're super familiar with like all the graphic novels, I feel like it's like, not like a trend necessarily, but it's like a recent thing where there, these color like scapes in the graphic novels are so beautiful. That's true. And this falls into one of those. And so, um, yeah, it's called Beetle. Beetle is the little protagonist. She is a goblin or is she, let me see. I have notes. Yeah, just Goblin. I wasn't sure if it meant Hobgoblin or not. <laughs> I kept thinking about a television show. It's stuck um, on Spider-Man. I, I was reading a little bit about the book, and I was really surprised because it said, oh, she's 12 years old. And I was like, oh, I was imagining that she was, like, in high school or something, but she's 12. But it's um, – basically, it follows her, and she lives in this town um, with her aunt who's raising her. And her aunt is precious, and she's, like, a very good sorcerer goblin. Mm-hmm. And basically the whole town is like Halloween. Everything is like themed like spooky and like spidery and like, yeah, you know, I got Halloween town like vibes yes. from that. Looking it, at it. Exactly that. And it immediately starts out as like her trying to learn how to fly on a broom. And she's like, I can't do this. Ah. And so um, it is shared with you that one of her like big goals is she wants to become a sorceress. Right. But her aunt is like really kind of. Or, no, it's not aunt, it's Gran. I'm sorry. I, I get those words <laughs> interchanged in my head. Gran. And so she wants her to kind of, like, grow up in the specifically, like, goblin magic, which is, like, very, like, earthy and, like, kind of, like, a specific, a specific set of skills, whereas she wants to do, like, like pure magic magic. And that's what her friend um, actually goes to boarding school to do. This book takes place in a moment where her friend has come back into town, like with all these new skills and like seems so popular and like whatnot. And she's like an apprentice to her, um, really fancy mean sorceress person. And the, um, I don't know the, the bad thing that's happening in the book is they're going to destroy the mall. Right. <laughs> so they're going to, the I know they're going to buy the mall and destroy it. But that is really bad because I don't know if you see on the co- cover, there's this little ghost. Yeah, oh. This little ghost is one of the main characters in it. And they always refer to the ghost as they, them. So that is what I believe little ghosts, they, them pronouns are. <laughs> it's very darling. It's called, or they're called blob ghost. And he, blob ghost. <laughs> and they float around and um, kind of help in little adventures and everything. But there is a problem. So Blob Ghost is connected to the mall and cannot leave the mall. So what's going to happen is when they demolish the mall, they don't know what's going to happen to Blob Ghost, right? So they're on a quest to try to save Blob Ghost. And chaos ensues. Um, Friendships are strained. Um, Love emerges. (laughs) 
It's a great, wonderful little book. Oh, it sounds it's so fun. Cute. It's very cute. But yeah. Lock. And it's written by, oh, I don't know if I said, Eliza Lane is the author. That's awesome. But yeah, it's very darling. It's so funny when you said that Blob Ghost was a, was a ghost. My first thought was like, oh, I thought they were a blob. <laughs> and then you said blob ghost, and I was like, perfect. That's yeah, exactly that's, what it is. That's their name, kind oh. of. And then at, later, you figure out what their name is. But. They remind me of um, Flubber. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very, like, very, like, gooey looking. But also, like, uh, is it Pearl from... <gasps> yeah, oh, Pearl from Primeval. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like a little little baby squid. Yeah. Cute. Just darling. Oh. But yeah. Fun. That's my first one. Uh, well, I read this um, a little while ago, but I read a book um, by Cal Newport called Digital Minimalism, Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World. And I'm, I think it's in our self-help section. And so I'm always a little weary of self-help books because they can be a little like, just get your life together. And it's like, if only it were so easy. <laughs> um, but this one um, was really thorough and giving you tips on how to like pull away from your phone and like pull away from social media. And that is something that I've been trying to do for probably as long as I've been on social media. Um, it's just like not be on my phone so much, not be so invested in like what's going on on social media, not be invested in like FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I really, I really enjoyed this book and I thought that it was actually really helpful. And it gave like realistic tips for like disconnecting and like reconnecting with people in real life. Um, so talked about like, like maybe joining a group, like meetup groups or like coming to library programs and meeting people at the library. And, um, it talked about setting like seasonal social goals. So like every quarter you make a goal that like, I'm going to go out with a friend, I'm going to go bowling or, you know, just something like something outside of the sphere of digital interaction. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to like doing that for myself and like setting my own goals. And I actually... I deleted my Facebook a month after I read this book. Wow. It felt very good. It's so empowering, it's, I feel. It is. It was wild. wild. Yeah, it's been six months since I have not had a Facebook page. And That's I still, awesome. I operate our branch Facebook page. So oh, if, yeah. you ever, if you're ever <laughs> on our Facebook, hey, hey, it's me. Um, so I still, it's weird because I still have that connection to Facebook, but yeah. not in the personal way, not in the way of like, I go home and I you sit on my check. phone and just scroll and scroll and scroll. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, if you're ever if you've ever been like skeptical of being on social media or like kind of wanted to pull away from it, I thought this book actually was really good at recommending ways to do that without like cut like cutting yourself off cold turkey. Like that there were ways to just slowly pull back and then if you were ready to just like pull all the way off and enter the real world again, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> so I, I pulled it. away and like, you know, deleted Twitter. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. this is pointless. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I cannot stop scrolling on Twitter. Oh, That's really? my next step. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, and it's, I've picked my next, my next target and my next target is Snapchat Ooh. because I only interact with like two human beings yeah. on there. And so I'm like, okay, I think if I can get all the pictures I've saved, mm-hmm off because that was a big thing with Facebook too I really didn't want to delete my Facebook and lose all my pictures Mm -hmm. and and I kept and this book was really helpful with this too I kept associating the pictures I had on Facebook with like memories like if I delete my Facebook and I delete these pictures I lose the memories and it's like no like I still remember doing those things Uh and I still like have all the the warm fuzzies from doing the things I've taken pictures of Um, so yeah that's my next step is to get all the pictures off Snapchat and delete it it's really interesting that you bring that up because I feel like related to books and like 
book lovers day i have a problem where like i will get home and i'll sit down and i'll be so tired i'm like oh i'm just gonna like scroll my phone right but i want to read more like that's Mm -hmm. one of the things my constant goal is like i want to read more and guess what i don't have time because i'll just have spent like six hours on like tiktok or something yeah and so it's really that's a great book to read for this because then think about how much more time we have to read yeah and then the dangerous thing is i read this pre-tiktok like pre-me being on tiktok (laughs) yeah i i just learned the other day that tiktok's been around for like more than just the past six months i've been on it which really blew my mind uh in relation to me like tiktok was new um but it's been around for like two years it was like musically before, yeah. I believe. It, it just oh, like really okay. kicked off, I think, with COVID. Yeah. Everyone's at home. It's before. like transitioned yeah. to being okay. Yeah. So good. I'm not that behind the eight ball, but. I read this pre TikTok, and now that I have we gotta, TikTok, we gotta read more. Maybe I need I to reread this. I just yeah. don't know. I don't think I can ever get off of TikTok. <laughs> I love it so, so much. That's oh, so addicting, but it is really. I might addicting. be last on the list to get off but of. It brings me joy. Yes, it brings joy, and there's book talk on there. You get so many good recommendations. That's on there, true. Too, book so talk that's is not great. Yeah. So we're Marie Kondoing my social media. Sorry. What does not spark joy anymore <laughs> is going, but what sparks joy is going to stick around until I decide that it makes me unhappy. That's so. a good call. That's Sounds like a good book. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it. Um, so right now I'm reading The Lunar Chronicles uh, by Marissa Meyer. My friend told me about it a couple years ago. And to be honest, I never enjoyed reading. I just didn't. That was just not a thing to do when I had time. Um, but since I finished school and everything, I'm like, oh, maybe I should actually read. Like, you know, and when I find a good book, I absolutely love it. And um, since working here, I've seen a lot of like uh young people just checking out these books. And so I'm like, I want to read these. Like I need to try it. So I got the audiobook um, first one of Cinder and that's read by Rebecca Solar. And first of all, she's an amazing, she has an amazing voice and she's just really easy to listen to. Which makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Cause I've like, I was telling uh, them earlier, I was listening to uh, the Sookie Snack uh, Stackhouse books and I just didn't really like the um, person reading it. And so I kind of didn't get into the books, which was kind of sad. So, um, but she has, this one has an amazing voice, but in the collection, you've got Cinder, Scarlet, Cress, Winter, Fairest, and Stars Above, which is a short stories collection of nine stories. And then she also wrote two graphic novels, um, Wire and Nerve, and then Wire and Nerve Volume 2. Um, but so far, I'm halfway into the second book, Scarlet, and it's so good. But just a little background about um, the Lunar Chronicles. Um, it's a futuristic uh, retelling of classic fairy tales. Um, so in Cinder, it's a teenage cyborg, so she's half human and half machine, uh, must deal with a wicked stepmother, uh, starts a rebellion against an evil queen, Labana, and decides how she feels about a handsome prince. Um, but the story or the series continues. Cinder uh, forges alliances with Scarlet, a spaceship pilot who is determined to solve the mystery of a missing loved one um, with the help of a majestic street fighter named Wolf. Cress uh, is a computer hacker who is imprisoned by Queen Lavana. In winter, a princess who is in love with a commoner and who discovers that Cinder, Scarlet, and Cress may hold the key to saving her kingdom and the world. Um, so it's really interesting. I, one, am a big Disney fan, um, just like a lot of people here. <laughs> and so that also hooked me that they're just like a twist of fairy tale stories. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. I love it. I love it. I, I sound really good. Yeah. I, 
was curious. You said you're listening to the audio book. Mm-hmm. Do you know if we have it? It's digitally too, yes. right? We so have right it. now it's on Hoopla. Um, I was going to get it on Overdrive, but they only had like a certain amount of copies mm-hmm. to check out. And so there was like a 36 person wait. That's how popular it is. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And so I tried to check our other services and Hoopla has it. That's good. um, I probably got through Cinder in like three days. That's awesome. I just was absolutely loving it. I also drive 45 minutes here. (laughs) So audiobooks are great. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really awesome. I love it. And they have like suggested um, chronological orders to watch it because of Mm. the short stories. Um, so it just depends how you want to do that. I'm just kind of going through the main books um, first, and if I want to go through the short stories later, um, because that's how she originally wrote it. Smart. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. I feel like working here, there are some books you see like come across the counter fairly often, and it like piques your interest just enough to be like, oh, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. But you don't. I don't know. At least me personally, I never like just commit and right. read it. And that is what I see come across all the time. Mm-hmm. And now that's I'm so like, true. okay, maybe I need to check it out. That's very true, yeah, with how often it circulates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Fun. Well, speaking of books that you can't put down, okay, so this is in, this is a book from my, I guess I would say it's my past now, because this is when I was in college. Um, oh, my copy, I'm holding my copy right now. It is well-loved. I've loaned <laughs> it to, to, like, many different people. It's gone camping. It is my copy of The Martian by Andy Weir. I know that I probably mentioned it in one of my, in one of our previous science fiction podcasts, because how could I not, since it's made such a big impact on my life, but I thought just so appropriate to bring it up today on National Book Lovers Day. Um, if you're not familiar with the story, have either of you read it? No. Okay. Honestly, I would read it. So <laughs> it is about this man named Mark Watney. So imagine that you're you're a little astronaut and you say, oh, I'm going to Mars. How wonderful. You go. You're with your team. It's just lovely. Everything's perfect, right? And they're like, okay, well, we're doing science. We have like these little pod things built on the Mars. And oh, no, there is a huge storm on Mars. What is happening? We've got to evacuate right now, right? So they're all running. They're, they're getting on the ship. They're going to fly away. And then perchance per a satellite, like or like a little dish thing, flies through and gets you, <gasps> knocks you down. Mark Watney, that's you. Oh, <laughs> you fly, fly off into the distance, right? That's what you can see on the cover: a little astronaut floating in the dust. And so, the team literally is like, "Oh, he's dead! Like he's oh. dead, right?" And so they are like, "Oh, we're so sad. We have to take off now." And so oh. <laughs> they take off. us more in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah to take off and so they're just floating through space being sad that their crew member has died luckily he's not dead but also unluckily because that but that's horrifying to be stranded on mars so he wakes up his little suit kind of like meant mended itself because um he got stabbed and so his like own blood kind of like dried the seal and so like he kept breathing okay that's lucky it is lucky <laughs> and he um he was also it's been a, a couple of years since I read it, but a botanist, um, scientist, you know, they all had multiple skills because you have to kind of like, uh, I don't know, get, so like one person would be like two things. So like a doctor sure. and a musician. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Entertainers and healers. But he's a botanist. And so he's like, I can survive this. I'm going to grow potatoes. You know, if you've seen the trailer for oh, the Martian, yeah. that's okay, I the say, whole deal. Okay, I was going to say, was it a movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this is, 
sung till the end of time, the book is better. But <laughs> um, the movie is still really fun. You can check that at the library too. The book is especially cool, and I it's it's and I can see how it might not be for everyone because it really goes down into like the science mm-hmm. of like what's happening, like the mathematical calculations, and then do this, and then do this. You know what I mean? I found that like really exciting because I was taking like physics and calculus at the time, and so I was like, yes, this is the real world. Well, it does apply real in real it life. It does apply in real life. <laughs> I know it's like a fiction book, but um, I don't know. It it doesn't like it's science fiction, right? But it doesn't feel outside of like what could happen. So many science fictions are like, and then the aliens are doing like magic yeah. on you, and so this is real life. Like this could happen. But yeah, they said the most unrealistic part. So like like literal scientists have like helped like give feedback on this like the the science in it the only like remotely unrealistic part of it was like could there have been strong enough winds with that atmosphere to, mm. to cause this destructive of a storm and then you just read past that and you're up into <laughs> real life <laughs> hey maybe climate change is happening on other yeah. planets too we, we don't know we can't we be sure <laughs> that is like one of my greatest fears is being left behind somewhere. And even as simply as like my family goes to Joanne's and we all split up and like, what if they leave without me? Yes. What if they don't know I'm in the yard and they purchase all their things and leave without me? (laughs) That could happen. And that did happen to him. But on Mars. Like a little little bit more (laughs) intense. Yeah, a little more high stakes than getting left at Joanne's. I think I think I would definitely live if I got left behind at Joanne's. I might enjoy being left at Joanne's. Actually, yeah, just abandon me. I'm I'm actually really fine. (laughs) I Uh, I had one more note. You bringing that up reminded me. I don't know if you've seen this. Andy Weird did just release a new book. mm -hmm. Um, it's called Project Hail Mary. Kind of a same situation where, of course, I mean, right to your strengths, you know. Um, lone survivor of like a long space mission wakes up alone and has to save mankind or humanity. Save humanity. <laughs> He's the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I, so I was just telling Alex and Jen that I recently had to make a shelf on my Goodreads account for my all time favorite books because anytime anyone asks me, I just flail <laughs> and don't know what to say at all. So I, one of my my new all time favorite books is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Jenkins Reid. Um, it was super super interesting, and it's set in style of like a mock interview. So you get the perspective of this band um, through the eyes of like all the bandmates. Um, and I listened to it as an audiobook, and they have a full cast reading the audiobook. So it was really like lively and interesting to hear all the different voices. Um, but basically it's about like a big band that forms in the sixties, uh, maybe the seventies, but it's kind of they're They have like a hippie vibe. Um, and Daisy Jones is a singer and the six is a band and they come together and collaborate on a song and then kind of discover that through working together, they can really succeed more than they can succeed on their own. But it, it takes so many twists and turns of like, personal drama and family drama and all the ways that the bandmates interact with each other impacts the way that like the band does and succeeds. Um, and while you're reading it, you kind of forget that this is not a real band. (laughs) This is a work of fiction, but you truly at one point are like, I know that Daisy Jones and the six (laughs) song. And then you're like, no, I don't. They're not real. They're not even real, but they make so many, references to things that are happening to the band that seem like things that have happened to other real bands that you're like, no, I can see how this would be a band. It felt very much like a star is born to me. And I loved that movie. So this was really fun 
to like kind of immerse myself in this band's little world and like how they become like a pop culture phenomenon. Um, and, and the book makes you wish they had been a real band because they write lyrics into the book of songs that they would have sung had they been real. And it's like, they're really good. They're like, just the lyrics alone. You're like, oh, this is a cool song. I would vibe with this. Um, and at the end of the audiobook, they play the instrumental to one of the songs that was written for the book. There's no lyrics. And I wish that there had been because I wanted to hear someone sing it. But the instrumental was so cool that I was like, why, why isn't somebody doing this? Yeah, I'm like, sure you could probably find people who are fans of that book, you know, who have made the songs or sang it or something. That's yeah. what I'm hoping is that on, like, on YouTube, someone has done, I guess it would be a cover because yeah. it's technically not the band, but it's so weird. Cause it's like, there is no band. So <laughs> could someone just form Daisy Jones and the six? If you are out there <laughs> and you have also read Daisy Jones and the six, please form a band. <laughs> um, and there's a twist at the end, but it was, I obviously won't tell it because it was really good and I didn't expect it. And I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. It's a it's a fun oral history. What? But, like, not history, because it wasn't real. But it felt real. That's so good. I feel like I, that's another one I've seen so many times, and I just, I'm like, oh, there it goes. No, that's <laughs> like a cool one. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to read it, I would do audio, because the full cast helped keep it all together for that's me. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, so I have, I mean, I have like a, I don't know, I have a few different ones, but I'm going to touch on this one first, and I, I don't think that we've talked on this one, Holes. I feel like I definitely would have been here for that, because yeah. Holes is one of my also favorite books. Again, I'm holding my personal copy of Holes. It, it is also so available in the library. Yeah, it's fallen apart. There's ink stains on the side. <laughs> definitely would have been noted if it was in the library collection. <laughs> um, probably withdrawn by now, actually. Um, holes. Don't make fun of me. Is it Lewis Sakar? Yeah. Is that Lewis. how you say it? Yep. Okay, I've always read it that way in my mind, but here we are. Lewis Sakar. Um, there's not enough to say about this book. It is so close to my heart. And honestly, same thing, like you were saying, like coming up with that list out of like, I don't know, like, oh, what's your favorite books? I literally, my mind goes to holes. Yeah. And I feel like all I can talk about in my entire life is holes. Like, it's just like <laughs> literally like the movie, the book, it's all perfect. Um, if the, was, soundtrack, the soundtrack. The soundtrack, soundtrack slaps. Yes. <laughs> I was literally talking to my friend the other day, and I thought to myself, I was like, why have they not made Holes the Musical yet? Like, literally on Broadway. <laughs> oh, my god! Like, can you even imagine anything better? No. Then I looked it up, and there was an unofficial musical that somebody made <laughs> oh called Hits. Oh. The unofficial Holes musical. I haven't watched it, but... I don't know. I'm just curious. That's all I can say. Oh, don't you think that would be the best be musical in the world? So many people would go see it. Oh, yeah. I, I would see I would, it I would 10 100%. times in a row. Yeah. It follows Stanley Yelnats. He is a young man, and he, young boy, he's like, I don't know. He's like a really senior high school. Yeah, like 16. Junior high high school. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, unlucky things happen, right? Mm -hmm. It happens to him. He gets accused of stealing some shoes that he did not steal. He gets sent to Camp Green Lake, which is not as fancy as it sounds. It is a detention center where they make you literally dig a large hole in the sun, in the hot, dry dirt of what was once green lake and basically throughout the book you start learning about the history of that area specific stories with people of history involved and you would not believe how intertwined everybody's story is and it makes me feel like the world is connected things are all connected and mm -hmm. it is what taught me as a child 
that books and literature could have these themes and these connections and it have it weave perfectly back together at the end where you're just sobbing for joy. And this is that book and I love it so much. I cannot talk about it enough. It's so good. Like healing, like between generations, like Mm -hmm. friendships forming, justice being served. You know what I mean? It's just so good. And literally today, I didn't even know this with how much I love it. I should have known, right? I didn't know this. There's a second book. Yes. It's called Small Steps, and it follows Armpit and X-Ray. And it's interesting because they both kind of follow different paths once they leave Camp Green Lake. Armpit is, like, desperate to try and, like, re-enter society and be good and, like, go to school and find a job and just, like, assimilate back into society in, like, a healthy and happy way. And he even, like, like people call him Theodore, his real name. Like, when people call him Armpit, he's like, stop. Uh-huh. And then X-Ray gets out of Camp Green, like, didn't learn a dang thing, and is literally like, let's go do some bad stuff. Like, let's go get <laughs> let's silly. He, um, and this doesn't give anything away because it happens in the first, like, two or three chapters. He he and um, Armpit live, like, a town apart. And so he, like, pulls up to Armpit's job one day and he's like, hey, I've got a scheme for you. <laughs> and... Theodore, good, wholesome Theodore, is like, sir, no thank you. I am trying to be good. I have money, like, saved in the bank. I'm going to school. Like, I just want to be a good kid. And he's like, no, no, no. But listen, we can go wait in line for this big concert that's coming to town. Tickets are, like, 50 bucks. We buy 10 of them. You have 500 bucks in your savings account. We buy 10 of these tickets. We turn them around, sell them for, like, $100. Oh, no. And then we make mad money. And Theodore is like, thank you. No, thank you. He's like, no, no, no. Come on, man. It's not illegal. Like there's nothing illegal about it. We're buying it. And then we can't go. There's only two of us. We can't fill 10 seats. We just sell the tickets, which is so funny in a 2021 lens. Because like, yeah, if you, if you buy tickets to a show and you can't go, you just put them on like StubHub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just sell them you again. All the time. You just scalpers out there. Yeah. Yeah, they're totally overpriced. And it's like, sad like it's frowned upon that like you buy a ticket for a hundred bucks and then you turn around for five but like it's a thing it's not technically illegal Mm -hmm. but in the context of like i think it was written in 2006 it was like i don't know man this seems real shady (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny so i have not finished it but i am reading it currently for a book talk that i'm doing so y'all have to check that out yeah and i didn't so i looked up where it was that one falls into the teen section Mm -hmm. in our library whereas holes is in juvenile and it's funny because they're of the same series but they're in different locations yeah and i haven't quite figured out why there is some not language not like swear words but like words that would not be really all that cool in the mm-hmm. kids area so i'm guessing that's why but i, I haven't just quite figured be, it out it has to more be because it's following a story that is literally like young adult or teens whereas that's probably like right. juvenile more yeah, yeah that's true kids. that's probably it but yeah love it i'm gonna read it oh. i'm gonna weep with joy yes I'm actually, this was not one of the books I was going to talk about, but seeing your well-loved copies of books that you own reminded me, oh, two years ago, yeah, two years ago, Lori Hall Sanderson came to town, and she is one of my favorite authors, Um, and I had a very, very, very well-loved copy of Fever 1793 at my mom's house back in New York, and I texted her like a month before Lori was coming, because I was like, please, please, please send me my copy of 1793. 
my mother is listening. I'm still upset. <laughs> she said, sure, I'll send it to you. And I was like, okay, cool. It should be like in the chest in my bedroom, like my old childhood bedroom. It should not be hard to find. I alphabetized my books because I have always been a book lover at heart. Does my mother not send me a brand new copy from Amazon? Brand oh. new, brand new, like hardcover, beautiful, a beautiful copy of the book. But I got it. And I was like, mom, this isn't my copy. And she was like, well, yeah, I, I did want to rifle through all your stuff. And I've got a lot of it in boxes since you've moved. So I just sent you a new oh, copy. And I was like, Lori is going to think I'm a poser. <laughs> she Lori Hulse Anderson is going to think that I'm a poser. So I had had another one of her books that was brand new. It had just come out. So I hadn't read that one. So I had her sign it. And then I gave her my copy of C- Fever 1793. Not my copy, the yeah, imposter that copy. copy. That copy. And I was like, I am so, so sorry. And I told her the whole story about yeah, how right. my, my very well-loved copy was back home in New York. Yeah. And she wrote in the inside cover, this copy is waiting to be well-loved. Oh, my oh, Anderson. How authors can think so yes. quickly and so beautifully. I can't even. Well, I wept. books and all the yeah, words right? they use. They have to have so much information. I know. Words in their heads. I this wept. copy is waiting to be well-loved. And she was like, don't worry. I believe you. Like, taped in weird places. And there's pages that are, like, probably falling out at this point. And she was like... I believe you. I believe you. She's like, this one will, this one will get that love too. Don't oh, worry. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Please don't think it. I'm a poser. And I follow her on Twitter. And sometimes she likes my tweets and it makes me feel really good about myself. That's good. Yep. Love it. Good author. Good author. All right. Did you have any more to talk about? Well, okay. So I'll touch on this one real quick. Um, Cause this is one that I like was supposed to read in college and didn't. And then regretted not having read it when I was supposed to. Um, we need to talk about Kevin by Lionel Shriver is the title of the book. I'm not saying we need to talk about Kevin, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin is a really, really intense book. Um, and I am someone who <laughs> sits on the fence about kids, like having kids of my own. Do not read this book. If you are on the fence, you will never want children. Oh, no. Um, it is really a scary story. Um, so it centers around Eva Kachadorian, who is a mother. And it's kind of an epistolary novel, so it's written in letters, but they're really long. So it doesn't really always feel like letters, um, but they're being written to her husband, Franklin. And you never really quite catch on to, like, why they're writing letters back and forth. Like, is he in jail? Like, there's Eva's out and about. Um, so you know that like, it's not her that can't reciprocate the letters. Um, so she's writing these letters to Franklin about their son, Kevin, who is just beyond a handful. Like he's not a handful. He's a terror, um, for so many reasons. And like throughout his whole life and you, you are getting it through Eva's eyes. So you like feel for her really hard. And Franklin is constantly undermining everything she does. Like, Kevin would break a toy and she would like intentionally, he would just do bad things. And Franklin would be like, well, it's okay. He's just a kid or he's just a boy. And it's, it's what little boys do. And she'd be like, no, he is a monster. He is a monster child. And then it, it mounts to a terrible thing that Kevin does that completely changes the family dynamic and you see, I mean, you're not surprised when it happens. You kind of see it coming throughout the book, but it's just like horrifying the way that his whole life, you can tell this kid is like troubled and like bad. He's probably, it's probably what someone would define as like a psychopath or a sociopath. Uh 
and and like Eva has always known and Franklin always denied it. And it's like, I don't know if it's mother's intuition or being able to see someone for who they really are or Kevin showing his true colors to Eva. But like when you see it through her eyes, the whole book, you're just like, Oh, this kid is terrible. This is terrible. So it's, it's such a good book and I really highly recommend it. Like I can't say too much about it. Yeah. Like the plot, because it just, it gives everything away and it really changes the way you read it from start to finish, but it's also a movie. Um, and it's Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah, is that yeah, how you pronounce it? Tilda, Tilda, Tilda Swinton plays Eva, and she's intense, and she's so good. And uh, Ezra Miller plays Kevin, oh, and brings a real creepy vibe to it. I like that. Kevin's already uncomfy. Ezra Miller makes it real uncomfy. Oh, so <laughs> I highly recommend reading the book and then watching the movie. That sounds good. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it very dark. dark. It's yeah. dark. It's spooky. Is it like rated R, like the movies? Um, let me look real quick. I think it's PG thirteen. Okay. And I'm assuming the book's an adult book. It is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Definitely in our adult section. I would say I was assigned it as a reading in my junior year of college, so not necessarily one that you couldn't read as like a teenager, like a late teenager, yeah. early college into adulthood. It is rated R, the movie. So from here, it looks like it's like a horror movie. They use some kind of filter over it, like a kind of like a green blue filter okay, that a lot of horror remember. movies use. And it does make it very like horror movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yes. Well, coming up. Here we go. There you go. It around Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. I guess I just want to throw these out there. Uh, a few more. It's called the Abhorsen, or not the Abhorsen trilogy, the Old Kingdom trilogy with Abhorsens in it. Um, it's written by Garth Nix. It's a wonderful fantasy series. It's in the teen section, unlike anything else, and I love it, and I want you to read it. Yeah, books. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, anything it's, fantasy. Oh, get into it. Nice. That's all I have to really say. Good. Love it. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess that wraps it up for today. Thank you for joining us. Again, I'm Jen. I'm Caroline. And I'm Alex. And have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. 